So many of us are involved in selling, either as careers or for pushing forward our own ideas. We brought in an expert to talk about the role of soft skills in sales. This week, Bob Graham is going to be talking to Keith Dahl. Keith's the Vice President of Business Development and a trainer at Sandler Training here in Baltimore for a discussion on soft skills and sales. Welcome to Serious Soft Skills, where we help you unleash the power of soft skills. Here are your hosts, Dr. Tobin Porterfield and Bob Graham. Take it away, guys. Welcome to Episode 65 of the Serious Soft Skills Podcast. I'm Dr. Tobin Porterfield, and in a minute, Bob Graham, my co-host, will be talking with Keith Dahl. Bob and I are researchers, writers, trainers, and podcasters on soft skills. Keith Dahl trains high-level executives on sales. He's also a strong advocate for the role of soft skills in business. Here's the first part of Bob's interview with Keith. That's right, Toby. I'm here with Keith Daw, and Keith and I are going to talk about sales and soft skills. But first, Keith, why don't you tell us in your own words what you do for a living and why it's important? Well, and thank you for having me on here. I definitely appreciate it. The The interesting thing between sales and soft skills, people will ask, hey, you know, you do some sales training, sales management training, leadership, customer service, and, and those areas, which are, which are all true. And it's sometimes I feel like I'm just that coach that's helping them unlock the, the potential that's within. But there are so many other times where I feel like we're taking a pause on the insert topic here training, and we're just talking about how to be a better communicator. And at the end of the day, when you stop and think about the best interactions that you've had with a colleague or, or with a vendor or with a client, usually it's the ones that have a genuine conversation and you happen to uncover something along. When we talk about communications, can you break that down a little more uh, detailed than just the broad topic of communications? When you're thinking about sales, when you're training someone on sales, what aspects of communication really come into play as you see it? Great question. Great question. And, and if I get too granular, please uh, hesit- don't hesitate to, to let me know. So at the core of it all, we all have a hardwired DNA on how we communicate, how we behave. It's the core of where our comfort zone comes from. And there are many assessments out there. I know there's a lot of people who've had a DISC assessment at some point in their career, whether it was hiring or perhaps a team building exercise. The ones that were very fortunate were the ones that were actually taught how to use their so-called superpowers. And by that, I mean to understand I have a particular style, kind of a primary and secondary, and and there's characteristics and attributes which allow me to be amazing in different roles. But if left untapped or unknown, I could inadvertently, uh, directly or indirectly, be 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 giving some kind of uh, signal or some kind of communication to to somebody, and. I seem too shy. I seem too aggressive. I seem too animated. I seem too overly analytical. And all these messages are are, are sent and, and received. Uh, I'm a firm believer in that 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 DISC model, however it is, uh, is the greatest communication tool ever created. And and I believe that those that understand from a pure self awareness, as well as that adaptive, how do I become a a professional chameleon, if you will, in my communication styles, those are the ones that excel in life and in business. 
So when you say a professional chameleon, I don't think you mean it the way I'm hearing it, Keith, but I'm hearing it as I have to be a different person for every person I interact with. Is that what you're saying or is it something different? Maybe not a different person per se, because that could get uncomfortable and, and maybe be disingenuous. However, understanding that you might have to change your your tone, your intention, uh, you might have to be aware of if you have somebody who's a very dominant style and you're not, you might have to realize they need to be communicated in a results-oriented, maybe give them three bullets instead of three paragraphs. So I think many, without realizing it, are guilty of a one-size-fits-all style communication. This is how I like to communicate, and I'm charming, and I'm genuine. I'm genuine, so why wouldn't everybody like it? Instead of saying some are more reserved, some might like more detail, some are a little risk-adverse, and just understanding those nuances uh, allows you to be as relatable and is adaptive to that person's style, hence the bonding rapport, the trusted advisor status is expedited, if you will. Let's take a short break. You're listening to the Serious Soft Skills Podcast. Could your business benefit from learning more about soft skills? We've been working with companies to help them identify their employees' soft skill portfolio and how to improve their workplace leveraging those strengths. Could this help your business? Well, If you feel like your team, your office, your company is stuck, not as productive as it should be, missing deadlines, constantly infighting and sniping, have key employees left for better jobs, do you or the people you work with hate going to work, our soft skills training can help. To learn more, call 937-SKILLS-5. That's 937-S-K-I-L-L-S and the number 5. We can talk about how we can help your organization with a customized soft skills plan of attack. Again, to learn more, give us a call at 937-SKILLS-5. Now, back to the Serious Soft Skills Podcast. Let's get back to my interview with Keith Dahl, a sales and leadership expert with Sandler Training at McDonnell Consulting Group in Baltimore, Maryland. And so can we break into a couple of specific soft skills that I would assume you have some opinions or thoughts on? One is good listening. Talk to me about your idea about good listening as it relates to sales. Uh, I would say that anybody who says they are a good listener probably isn't and should probably ask the person's closest to them. I will joke during a, a training session, if you're not sure if you're a good listener, ask your spouse. And, and obviously just other than old some levity. And, and, I th- and there's a quote out there, and, and you're probably more familiar with it than I am, that, that a lot of times people are guilty of listening so that they might be able to reply or respond as opposed to listening in order to truly be able to understand and, and I think there's a difference between listening and active listening to be able to un, undivided attention to listen to what people are saying, how they're saying it, maybe even pick up on some intonations, uh, maybe to take a pause and, and paraphrase or restate things just to make sure that you get it right and you're not making assumptions. And I think everybody has that inherent need to be heard and understood. And I think every salesperson, and others as well, but other every salesperson might be guilty of, oh, this sounds like the same thing as that conversation last week, and now they're skipping ahead to, to, to steps five, six, and seven, and they've forgotten and missed the important part of step two. 
So can you train good listening? Is that part of your training when you're working with new salespeople or trying to get salespeople to be more effective? Yes and yes. So I, I think part of it is simply an awareness to, to realize that as good as I might think I am, I can certainly be better or at the very least that I need to be very intentional about it. And so that self-awareness is the first part. Then, then secondarily, to talk about ways to, to paraphrase or to, to, to restate, uh, I would joke with folks and say that I'm putting it into Keith speak. Because you could have some people there, they're rambling, they're sharing some things, and you just need to kind of condense it, tighten it up, put a little bow on it, and then ask them if that's really what they meant to say, uh, but in a very polite and nurtured way, of course. And, and so some of that is more natural to some than others, but I think it starts with intention, self-awareness, and a little bit of personal discipline. And when you're summarizing it, what's the objective that you're doing there? I think part of it is to just send this subconscious vibe over to them that, wow, this person really cares. This person really, truly is paying paying attention. And then I think the second thing is also just to, to clarify, just to make sure I got it right. So if there's a, this is happening, this isn't happening, this is why, here's what we try to do about it, et cetera, for me to pause and just kind of restate it back or to paraphrase it to make sure I have it before we go on to the next thing. Because if I just kind of nod and agree, I might miss something and now everything starts to go off on a tangent and we're going in two different directions. And, and then sometimes a bunch of things are coming out where it feels more like a therapy session. And I just need to make sure that I'm understanding what that person means and not interpreting it the wrong way. Okay. And then what are your views on silence, which is not a soft skill, but part of good listening I'm finding as I get more mature and older is silence is indeed golden if you can tolerate it. What are your thoughts on silence as it relates to the whole idea of listening? This is where putting an awkward silence on a podcast doesn't really help too much. But <laughs> I was going to say, you really scared me, Keith. <laughs> I, I think he's, oh, no, he, hang up, he hung up. So I think, <laughs> I, I think the intentional silence is, is important. There are some times where you need to ask that, that tough question or be genuinely curious about something. And that three and a half or five and a half second pause until they answer probably seems like a half an hour. And however, whenever there's a gap in that conversation, I find that most people, and we can pick on salespeople, leaders, friends, family, whatever, most people feel as though they have to fill in the gap or that we have to say or do something to meet them part way because the silence is killer. But when you ask somebody a a, a tough question and you're trying to help them in whatever aspect, you, you need to embrace the silence. That, that makes sense. And I think also I find that in some situations I'm processing information at a different pace than the person I'm talking to because I understand what I'm talking about much more than they do. So if I'm talking about soft skills, I've spent my days and nights thinking and talking about soft skills. So it comes as second nature to me to go through very quickly what they are and how they work, blah, blah, blah. And meanwhile, that person may not understand them at all. And so I find if I don't stop to let them digest and reflect and really catch up 
not that they're unintelligent, not that they're not doing everything in their power. It's just I'm shooting a lot of new information at them, and I find that I've got to really slow things down so that they can understand. And that's incumbent on me is one of the things I think you'd agree. It's incumbent on the person speaking to slow down so that person catches up because it's very difficult to be on the other side and say, whoa, you lost me. Right. Most most definitely. And since you're talking about soft skills, I think there are so many different things that we can do or we need to be aware of that we're just not even realizing that it's a thing and that could be good or bad. So, for instance, when you're sharing with somebody thinking back to what is my pace, what is my tonality, etc., at the same time, when you're looking at them, do they have that glazed over look in their eyes? Do they look like they have a moment where they're just kind of processing and you're thinking, okay, let it sink in, let it sink in. If they have a question or need more, they'll ask. Uh, I think we feel like we need to give so much more detail. And at some point, they're just letting everything settle a little bit. So being aware of their their body language, their facial expressions, et cetera, those nonverbal cues, I, I think is being critical. Sometimes we're thinking so much about what our goal is in the next conversation or the the next step that all these little simple cues that they can show us, are they an auditory person or are they a visual person? So if I'm just going on and on and on and on, where a simple visual on a, on a computer screen or a, a piece of collateral would make it sink in and go, oh, now I get it. So those are those moments where we can pick up on the little signals, too. Or even writing on a napkin. I've done that before on a little mm-hmm. sheet of paper on the receipt from the, the check at the restaurant. Just saying, hey, let me. I'm a real visual guy. Let me explain this to you a different way. And often that's when the person, the light bulb goes off. Mm-hmm. And they tend to remember it because you've you've now presented it a different way. And I always do couch it with, you know, I'm a visual guy. And it always helps me just to put this down on paper for my own sake to make sure I covered everything. So rather than saying... I think I lost you and I need to get you back on track. I take responsibility for that. I I guess that's a technique that you would use in sales, right? Correct. Yes. I I think just that personal responsibility is good. And let's face it, if somebody's going to have to stretch their comfort zone, is it going to be them or is it going to be you? And if you want to be the one who is, and I'm going to say control and in the the proper sense, if you want to be in control of this productive and and proper conversation, you're going to have to take some ownership of that. That makes sense to me. Okay. Another soft skill I'm sure that you have to deal with all the time, and that would be empathy. Can you define empathy as you see it and how it plays out and give me some examples? Sure. So so the, the empathy and sympathy thing, I think, gets blurred in many cases. And and, and empathy is more along the lines of understanding why they're thinking or feeling what they're doing and being able to at least be relatable, whereas sympathy is sitting down next to them, arms wrapped around, both sobbing because you're thinking about your situation and then you're commiserating. And, and that's not always. There are times for that. But in a professional setting, to, to be able to relate to them as opposed to be able to, to sob and cry and all that kind of stuff with them. Uh, but sometimes it does get blurred depending upon the industry or depending upon the topic. Keith, thanks for those insights. You've been listening to an interview Bob Graham did with Keith Dahl, Vice President of Business Development and Trainer at Sandler Training here in Baltimore. You can find out more about Keith and Sandler Training at McDonald. Sandler.com. That's M-C-D-O-N-E-L-L 
www.sandler.com. If you aren't in Baltimore, Keith will find you a Sandler training program near you, both in the U.S. and internationally. If you are here in Baltimore, he has some free local events that our listeners are welcome to attend. Find out all about them, again, at mcdonald.sandler.com. Next week, we'll have the second part of Bob's interview with Keith, where they talk about presentation and an array of soft skills that go into dealing with people in a sales situation. You won't want to miss episode 66. New episodes come out every Wednesday. Until then, for Bob and me, thanks for listening, good day, and good soft skills. You've been listening to Serious Soft Skills with your hosts, Dr. Tobin Porterfield and Bob Graham. If you like what you hear, then take a moment to review us on iTunes. Looking for more insights on soft skills? Then check out our website, SeriousSoftSkills.com, for blog posts, newsletters, and other resources. And look for a new episode of Serious Soft Skills every Wednesday.